0: right here conveniently in Amsterdam and then not near a goddamn thing district it's a good 10 minute cab ride towards civilization from this place there's also an eastern European cold war gate that swings open if you drive in in a taxi or a car here where they allow you into the hotel I had to show my papers when I came in tonight Uh, there's a guy in a white UN helmet it's quite a situation here it's been raining like the day Jesus fucking died here All day long, off and on uh, For a while it was sunny That was just to lull you into a false sense of security Before a gale forest wind whipped up your wet ass uh, We went to the museum today Well, we didn't go to a museum One of the great pleasures of Amsterdam Aside from the fact that marijuana is sold adult style In regular stores And you don't need to show a medicinal card Or any type of identification whatsoever All you have to do is show up without a baseball hat To assure everyone that you're not a douchebag and that you're not in charge of the douchebag patrol for the rest of Europe or that you're not on some wild bachelor party full of Irish guys who've never been high before but can drink all the alcohol on the earth and then take two hits of a hash-laced tobacco joint and end up drinking out of the fucking hearing and trying to hump a bike at a fucking stand for like half an hour, mistaking it because of the red light for another area. (laughs) That's one of the joys of Amsterdam. The other one is, of course, the treacherousness of the streets of Amsterdam. They're made of cobbles, they get wet, there's leaves on them, you fall into a hole, you die, no one finds you. And there's no such thing as the police or law here in Amsterdam. They find your body years later and they put it in the Ricks Museum and they coat it in gold and they make people stand in an interminable queue to see it, interminable queue. They make people, there's a line so big... <laughs> That time has no meaning anymore and bends back on itself in a Mobius-like infinite strip of, intermin- of uh, unfathomable Borman, of John Borman, of anyone named Borman, of Frank Borman, former Apollo astronaut who visited the moon, and this show is dedicated to him. <laughs> For no reason. Tonight. But the other pleasure of Amsterdam is, of course, uh, that the weather is so changeable uh, that people here are uh, so calm on the exterior, so genial and collegial. Uh, Everyone speaks English, which is most helpful because no one outside of Dutchland speaks Dutch. And uh, I don't even know of anyone learning it. Uh, uh, Even in Indonesia, they're like, mm mm Even in Suriname and Aruba, they're like, could we really, could we just talk and, you know, uh, I'm joking, of course, but please take it personally. That's exactly what I expected, <laughs> because here comes my next observation. Aside from the fact here that everyone is eight feet tall, which I've said before, last year when I was in the uh, Skibble Airport, I uh, was in the uh, men's urinal, uh, as, as one does. I wasn't in there for any untoward reason. I was actually just performing ablutions that everyone is required to perform. And I do mean required because eventually it becomes imperative. Um, I wasn't in there like skulking around with my hands in my pockets whistling fucking Mama Mia. <laughs> and everyone who walked in, hey fellas, how's it going? And they're like, cool it. Uh... And I couldn't help but notice that the urinals were extraordinarily tall. Like, I had to stand on my tiptoe. I'm just under six feet, which is something I hate to reveal. Uh, A lot of people are like, you're taller than you seem on TV, and you're older and fatter. Uh, And I'm like, well, if you came from the planet Hutt, like I did, you'd understand that it runs in our genetics. Thank you. Hutt is the planet where Jabba came from. I'll be explaining every goddamn reference I make here tonight to the country of Hollandaise. So... Uh, everyone, uh, the the women here are extraordinarily tall. They're, uh, they're vikingettes. They're just giant. And it's fantastic. I walked by a family of women today. I assume they were in a family. They all, they, they bore a passing resemblance to one another. I don't know if women who just bear a a vague resemblance to one another gather in tall groups here to, (laughs) to dwarf it over other people and to be the giraffes of the land in their blonditude. But this, they, they were all wearing flats because it was uh, pouring rain today, as I say. Well, it was, my, by my standards, it was pouring rain. By Dutch standards or European standards, it was a simple, mild, as my friend Nick Jones pointed out, drich. Uh, As the Scottish say which means it's just an everlasting pish that no one ever opens an umbrella or hails a cab in because you guys are used to it I'm from California where it hasn't rained in about five years. So this was a miracle to me today I was bathing in it. It was like a Robert Heinlein novel. We are now water brothers and I totally grok you You can google that on the way home everyone else if you're listening in a blanket for it right now You already know what I'm fucking talking about not certain why so many sci-fi writers were in the armed forces and why so many of them were in the naval armed forces. But Robert Heinlein was career Navy. Uh, Frank Herberter wrote Dune, career Coast Guard. Uh, 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 I almost called him F. Scott Fitzgerald. L. Ron Hubbard. Uh, you know, L. Ron Hubbard's greatest novel, The Great Gatsby, takes place in a volcano sometime in the future where... Xenons or Xanthu or whoever it is, in any case, I don't want to go and spoil the whole plot for you, but if you see it... Uh, You'll know it's good Except for the Baz Luhrmann version If there's one thing that F. Scott Fitzgerald required To be more salient, more trenchant, more cogent And more perceptive about the human condition Particularly that of rich people In relation to the rest of the world Was a Jay-Z soundtrack (laughs) That was the one element missing from literature uh, That I think was finally provided by the Baz Luhrmann film Uh, The joy of Amsterdam, as I said Is the, the tall groups of people wandering about But also... Uh, uh, it, it, uh, we went out to the museum today, and uh, we didn't actually go in the museum. And I've been coming to Amsterdam for years, and I've I've gone to several museums. I went to the Rembrandt House and uh, the Queen, uh, and uh, the uh, 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 Van. Is there any Dutch people here? Is are, is there a Dutch person near the stage? No, not any. Wow, where did the Dutch people go? Oh, there's one. I'm gonna see if I can take my cord out to you. Uh, if I could just describe the scene to the people listening in Podcast Land right now. Uh, we're in a room full of red lights um, because you really can't get enough of that area of Amsterdam. Uh, I'm behind a glass wall, and if you pay a dollar, I'll show you my pussy. That's what's going on here tonight, ladies and gentlemen. My mangina is on view. For the simple payment, well, let's call it a euro. That's only 78 cents. That's the kind of figure I'm willing to do it for. I'm now walking off of the stage, which is a, 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 not that big. Uh, I would say it's a slice of Taibo with caraway seed. Uh, moving toward the Gouda area here, where, by the way, someone left this piano in the dryer too long. <laughs> that piano's fucking small. Am I right or am I right? Listen to this. Fucking Schroeder couldn't play this piano. (laughs) Schroeder was the piano player in the Peanuts cartoon. Peanuts is a a cartoon that hasn't appeared uh, for quite some time because the author of it died about a decade ago, but they do do run it. Where's our Dutch person? There you are. We spoke earlier. Um, I was at the Van Gogh Museum. You're Dutch. How would you pronounce Van Gogh? Van Gogh. That is fantastic. Could we have that one more time for all the listeners around the world? Because there's people listening, I assure you, in Colombia and whatnot, they send me emails. And uh, uh, everyone in the world says Van Gogh. You know why? We don't have the temerity. We don't have the fucking cojones to pronounce it the way it's fucking pronounced, which is the way Dutch people pronounce it. Do you mind saying it again, my darling? Van Gogh. No, I'm all right. Thank you. Bless you. Um, it's an astounding name. Uh, And how you got hoch out of G-O-G-H is one of the great mysteries. How you dominated the Spice Islands and uh, how you imprisoned the people of Indonesia and how you got the sound hoch out of G-O-G-H are the three great mysteries of Holland. That and the fact that the Netherlands is a Dutch word that means can't win the World Cup. Now, I... Oh, yeah. Oh, no, that's how rough I play. That's how fucking rough I play. Yeah, get ready, bitch. Walk it off, Holland. <laughs> yeah, walk it off. Windmill it off. Okay? Yeah, water wheel this fucker off. No, this show is full tilt boogie every fucking second. There's no... Uh, <coughs> lulls. It's wall to wall, and it's carpet to carpet, fucking action-packed, um, tacked down and shit. Uh, so thank you for pronouncing then for me tonight. That was uh, an exquisite rendition and it's, uh, uh, it's just exciting to hear it pronounced in its native uh, Um So we've, I've been there before. They've renovated the uh, uh, Vincent Museum and uh, <laughs> it, it has a giant glass facade what right now and they had um, a, a sunflower display outside but not just a sunflower display because this is the land of Holland and they're devilish clever here these Dutch um, and <laughs> First of all, they always pass from the left-hand side. Secondly, um, thank you, that was for no one in the crowd. (laughs) And uh, secondly, uh, uh, anyone could, uh, you know... If you were having a Van Gogh day, um, you might have irises, right? You might have uh, people eating potatoes. There might be every manor. A field of wheat with crows flying over it in an insane psychedelic sun. There's a thousand choices. Maybe just a simple pair of boots sitting in a field somewhere. And everyone can just be like, what's that? And it's like, it's a painting. Um, but no, the Dutch went all the way. Uh, fucking, does anyone know how to say hog in Dutch? Hach. They went whole fucking hach on this one and it was a sunflower area and so there was zillions of sunflowers gajillions of sunflowers what does Marlon Brando say Uh, how they've been on the the river the Ohio river there's a place where there's a gardenia plantation where you would have thought so when we were walking around today I was like there's a place in Amsterdam where there's a sunflower area where you would feel that heaven was on earth in the form of damp sunflowers. We're walking through because you don't just ease up on a field of sunflowers here in Duchess. You fucking, it's a maze, it's a labyrinth, it was a, a curly queue. There was no way to find your way out. I was attacked and sexually violated by half-man, half-bull one way through. I had to lay a string down, thank you. Taseus had to get me out. Uh, I've got many adventures to come with the men of the Argos. Uh, We're going to be sailing around the Mediterranean. Uh, We've got to get Jason back home. Uh, Medea is uh, fucking up the place back in the Peloponnese. And uh, heaven knows what Telemachus is getting up to. Shit is out of control, is all I'm saying. So it was a maze of sunflowers. And at every juncture, or at every corner, at every turn, at every, at every left-hand move, there was a sign, uh, because evidently there's a website for the Van <laughs> Museum. And the sign said things like, uh, was Vincent Van Gogh good at, like, did he like fish? There were these really evidently people had weighed in on the internet, and my favorite one was, "Did he have a sense of humor?" <laughs> there was a sign that said, "Did Vincent Van Gogh have a sense of humor?" And underneath it in English, did, that was the Dutch part, and then underneath it in English, "Did Vincent Van Gogh have a sense of humor?" <laughs> and I thought, "Fuck yeah, he did." Life of the mental ward. Uh, thank you. Everyone went quiet and shut. Are you making fun of the mentally ill? Greg, you need to know something. That's against Dutch law. You could be imprisoned right now and forced to roll a wheel of gouda around a fucking track for the rest of your life while wearing dreadful orange hats. You don't know the punishment that could be meted out for making fun of the mentally ill. Uh, I I, I think that Vincent van Gogh was a lovely human being. I don't know that a sense of humor was his most captivating quality. Perhaps his incandescent uh, artistic impulse might have been his, perhaps the ephemeral violent mercury uh, mercurial you know uh, tempestuous moods that took hold of him the bizarre visions that obviously he had in so much as I think that when we're looking at his paintings and you see those giant fucking brushstrokes every single stroke like a definitive signature time and time again over a ulating field or whatever or a, a farmhouse in the distance and that staggering blue and the weird primitive yellow like a, almost like a, a, a child's intention uh, I think that's how he saw the world you know what i mean i don't think like he walked around the world every day going like that's how the world looks i think that's what we get from him and also the fact that we found out several years ago as pointed out to me my wife jennifer which was that he didn't kill himself he was shot by a teenage hustler uh who was dressed as a cowboy i'm not fucking kidding this was revealed several years ago and he didn't squeal on the guy he just died because he didn't want to rat out this teenage hustler dude that he was hanging out with who was dressed like a cowboy and accidentally fucking put a slug in him. Um, it makes his death even better and more romantic. Although, if you've ever seen the Kirk Douglas movie, Lust for Life, which, by the way, doesn't have the theme song by Iggy Pop, but if you play the Iggy Pop theme song at the beginning of it, like Pink Floyd during The Wizard of Oz, you'll trip out so hard, and by the end, you actually give birth to a piglet. It's an astounding experience. In the movie Lust for Life, Kirk Douglas plays Vincent Van Gogh. The gayest, most violently Catholic, sensitive human that ever lived is played by Spartacus. So Kirk Douglas plays it like this. I've got a creative impulse, but I have no money. I'm going to move to the country until I have an artistic vision. Then he moves in with Gauguin, who's played by Anthony Quinn, who's even more violently macho than fucking Kirk Douglas. And they live together as almost like heterosexual gay lovers and have these amazing fights. Anthony Quinn, you did not buy any fruit today. I don't have time to buy fruit. I haven't a finick left to mix my oils. It's a fucking good movie. He's not gay in it. He's not sensitive. He's kind of like, what if a boxer played Vincent Van Gogh? (laughs) And at the end, they do this fantastic montage. John Huston directed it, who's absolutely the wrong director for the movie. (laughs) It should have been Vincent Minnelli, right? It should have been a musical, and it should have been called, like, uh, Prick Up Your Ear. And... (laughs) Oh, judgmental Holland Disappointing Holland Excruciating jury-like Holland White people Holland We dress up like black people one day It's still funny, fuck you Get off our ass And the war, that's just a memory So, oh no, I cut both ways Like Brian Adams Fucking cuts like a knife And sucks like a dog Nothing's worse than Brian Adams. On earth, nothing's worse than Brian Adams. I'm going to categorically state it and stand behind it. I was in a cab once in London, coming back from a gig at a comedy club called Jongleurs in Battersea or some fucking place. Um, it, 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 there's a lot of bachelor parties. It's exactly the opposite of this atmosphere. What we've got here is a group full of unbelievable groove pilgrims who've come to a place to seek enlightenment and of course to share in the commonality that, of the anima that binds us one homo sapiens to another and to find some sort of solace in each other's company while the rain pours down and we realize that the world isn't as it ought to be but it can be for an hour and a half while we watch Greg sweat. So... <laughs> In a, a club like Jongleur's, there'll be a bachelor party, and, and the, the terrible expression the British have for a bachelorette party, as we call them in the United States, a hen party, because somehow women are hens and have a little apron and shoo their chicks along and whatnot. I have no idea what the British view of women's sexuality is like, but the fact that they call them hens and birds is like, really? All birds are female?
1: <laughs>
0: uh, you yeah, know, that's fucking birds, wasn't it? <laughs> A- and what are you? Certainly not a cock. Because you're uncircumcised and ginger, and therefore, ick. <laughs> Holding back the years, <laughs> I keep... All right, I take it back. Simply Red's as bad as Brian Adams. There's, there's one thing that's as bad as Brian Adams, and it's fucking Simply Red. I saw them once uh, so to finish this cab ride story because I haven't forgotten where I am and don't ever ever question my veracity again Hollandaise um I'm coming back from Jongleur after having a very unsuccessful night at the yard two for three you know fucking error it was just a bad night anyway uh I get in the cab and it's a 45 hour cab ride back to my crib right I was living in North London at the time and uh, 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 the dude's playing a Brian Adams live concert from Canada from like 1987 and I mean it's like 500 songs in a row and after a while I just leaned forward and I was like "Um, is there uh, do you have anything else you know like uh, 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 you know uh, a garbage truck sliding into an alley full of cats and fucking glass bottles or uh, a buzzsaw going through a metal plate into a leper's arm or uh, babies who are hungry on a boat crying. Something more pleasant, you know, than Brian Adams. And the fucking cab driver turns to me. I'm in a British cab, so I'm on the wrong side. He turns to me and goes, oh, you got to fucking love Brian Adams, don't you? (laughs) Now it's like, that's not a, a rule. That's, a, that's a, 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 an, a, an, an, an infinite wish on your part, is what that is. that is. That's absolute wishful thinking on your part. No, you don't have to love Brian Adams, mate. But of course, what can I do? I was chopped in the cap with him. On the other hand, we were in Fez, Morocco. Not recently, but before. oh, oh. And uh, what a vacation that was. We didn't work even. That's how fun it was. I actually didn't work for once. And uh, you call this work? Yeah, you call this being an audience? Um, So, yeah. (laughs) It's not a stand-up show. Think of it that way. The pressure's off. You don't have to watch one white dude after the next get up here and be unfunny as fuck. Why is my, okay. Uh, We were in Fez, Morocco. And uh, we were coming back from drinks and... uh, Stop it! Stop! Stop! And, uh, yeah, I was talking to my phone. For those of you listening out there making tea right now or riding the tube or uh, uh, beating your horse to get it to go faster up that hill. uh, A lot of people listen on horseback. Well, one person that I know of. But if if you're whipping your horse with the hat in the back right now to get it to go faster... uh, uh, We were in Fez, Morocco, and um, we were coming back from having drinks at this fabulous hotel. Uh, called the uh, Palais Jemai, right up on a hill, and we were sitting outside, and it was dusk, and the muezzin call from all the minarets. Well, they don't actually, but there's recordings of them, and you know, it's, uh, at first there's the bizarre part, the you know, you can't understand it at all, and then and then it's beautiful, right? <laughs> Swallows everywhere, eating bugs out of the air in full flight, going 50 miles an hour, spinning, turning, whirling, unfathomable fucking irrevocable parabolas and arcs, right, being described. And uh, us sitting there uh, uh, and and, uh, having drinks and whatnot, everyone smoking gently in the fucking dusk as it fell. And and, uh, it was the springtime in Fez, and the air turned slightly chilly. We went inside. We had dinner, right? The dinner came when it was a a plate of uh, carrots that were pickled and tomato relish, right? Like it was almost a sweet jam. Of tomato, and then uh, these brown chunks, and my wife and I were pounding them down. These chunks are amazing, they're a little chewy, but they're fucking off the hook. We say to the waiter, What are these? and he's like, That's liver and it's raw. And we're like, Mmm, <laughs> I'm so glad I didn't know that before I ate all of it. <laughs> And then we had a chicken tagine and a, a, a pigeon pie, a bastia, and then a, a, a lamb tagine with figs, a, 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 a chicken tagine with dates and almonds, right? Just absolutely scintillating, right? And, and, and the, the, the rice piled high, just steaming, fucking falling over in these giant Moroccan uh, uh, clay uh, pots that they bring them in and whatnot. Everybody uh, dressed up in garb, a band in the corner fucking playing and a dude whirling his fucking tassel around his head. Absolute magic, Get in the cab at the end of the night and the uh, taxi driver picks us up outside the crib, right? Outside the hotel. And he's playing uh, Purple Rain. <laughs> and you're like, really? And Purple Rain's what? Like 35 minutes long? I don't know how long Purple Rain is, but it fucking goes on and on and on and on, right? And I've done it on the show too many times, so I'm not going to do it tonight. But it was awesome. And uh, so we pull up in front of the hotel, and now we've heard the whole song, because it took that long to come down the hill and shit. I never meant to cause you any... <laughs> never meant to cause you any pain. I only want one thing I love you, love you, love you. I only want to see you laughing In the purple rain Purple rain Right, so we pull up And a guy from our uh, uh, Riyadh comes out And he's holding a lantern It was more romantic than you could possibly imagine And I'm fortunate beyond measure uh, To have experienced this I only wish Jennifer had been there And not my boyfriend And <laughs> It's Morocco. You know, when in Rome, right? Nothing? Nobody? Really, Holland? Really? People looking at the floor and shit? We're having this at a coffee shop next time. I mean, right in a coffee shop. That way it'll just be weed, and and it doesn't matter how long it takes to get the jokes, really, then... The next day, two days later. So we're in a Tweety, Tweety, I can't remember the last part of it. Tweety something today on the snack and grok. And a very tiny coffee shop, tiny, tiny. Only room for four or five douchebags and two or three creepy older guys. And I walks up, Ve- Velasquez, Velasquez, Velasquez. Uno mas, otra vez por favor. E mas, ice, mas, ice. And, uh, thank you, Uh Did a bug just fly by me? Did that bug pay? No one gets in free tonight. Did that bug buy a book? Fucking bugs. So, subsequent to the fez story, I was telling another story. I just started it. Anybody? Thank you. We're at Tweetasoo today. Thank you. Thank you, coffee shop. Thank you so much, my precious love. This is lots of ice. Right. Uh, thank you very much, I appreciate it. No one's ever complained in Holland. It's like England in that respect. That's why America has the candidates that we do. Because we've all got an axe to fucking grind. And we're all empowered to complain anytime, any place. Where you will quietly take any situation on board... And move along in your own life. I will take time out to whine until the end of fucking time. Oh, Ice, I miss you so.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're as cold as ice,
1: <laughs>
0: willing to sacrifice our love. You won't serve me ice Someday you'll pay the price I know I've Heard it before, I've been to Antwerp twice I was gonna go to Utrecht, but it's not that nice Oh, and then the crowd Now the crowd becomes judgmental again The sound you hear behind me is the sound of the disgruntled Hollandaise audience Once again voicing their discontent The so-called humor Greg has chosen to... chosen to assay here in the red-light filmed room of the red-light district of underneath a building near the Hilton. So we're in the coffee shop today. And, uh, uh, you know, what you do. I roll us up to the counter, the cat behind the counter. Now, when I first came here uh, 20-something years ago uh, to Amsterdam... It was a much different place. First of all, there weren't as many rich assholes living in the center. Uh, And second of all, uh, there was more brown bars and shit everywhere. Um, Third of all, there was no hilarious rules like you can't smoke tobacco in a place where everyone's smoking dope. Which is one of the funniest rules that Europe has ever come up with. It's a room full of smoke where I cannot see across the room because of the fog and haze that's... D- and people are smoking hash joints mixed with tobacco in the room. But if you lit a cigarette, they go, no, no, you take that outside. Outside, you, know, you can't smoke. I'll translate that. Uh, so we're sitting in that thing and I, I got, uh, in the old days, 20 years ago, all the cats who worked at the dope bar... Um, were uh, looked like they were in the Almond Brothers Road Crew. They had a silver ponytail, uh, uh, greasy jeans, a leather waistcoat or vest, if you will, um, and uh, they had a, a wallet chained to their uh, behind, right? Wallet in the pocket, but chained to the belt because you never know when your wallet's gonna go. Fuck it, I want to run free and just fucking shoot off. Oh, how I wish I wasn't chained to a dude. He looks like he's in the Almond Brothers Road Crew. The Almond Brothers were a blues group from America in the 60s and 70s. They were a white blues group, and no one feels the blues like white people. <laughs> I believe it was the Almond Brothers who said, They had the Statesboro Blues, which are completely distinct from any other blues. A lot of people have the blues over their woman, but I don't know if you've ever stayed in Statesboro. Is that in Tennessee? You'd get the fucking blues. (laughs) In any case, now it's lots of young uh, ladies working at uh, at the marijuana bars. Uh, Not at Tweety Zoom or wherever the fuck we were today. Uh, It was a middle-aged cat. Uh, He looked like he'd been in uh, um, uh, Ultravox. And, yeah, he looked like he'd been in an 80s group, but had lost all his hair. You know what I mean? Like, he, at one point, he was Flock of Seagulls, and now he was fucking, you know, hair club for man or whatever. And I says, uh, I'll have some of the, uh, you know, sugar pine, delicious, fucking spaceship, uh, redactive, cush, fucking, you know, Shakespearean, uh, Rembrandt, please, fucking, you know, whatnot, sunflower, power, uh, van. <laughs> and, uh... He's been working there so long, he simply grabs the tub, before I can finish what I'm saying, off the wall, rips it open, the Tupperware thing, and sticks it under my nose. Because, as you know, all pot smokers are like wine connoisseurs. (laughs) If we don't smell the product before we smoke it, there's no way we're gonna get high. (laughs) Perish the thought. So I took a whiff and I said, mm, delightful bouquet, Uh, sassy, uh, Licorice, redolent of uh, 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 afternoons in Sicily, um, with, the, with the top <laughs> down, uh, driving along smoking closed cigarettes. And he said, oh, Don't go not here. And uh, then I said, I'll have one of the pre rolls, and I got, uh, you know, sugar pine, uh, cornflake, uh, huckleberry hound. And uh, <laughs> then, uh, 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 so Jennifer and I saddled up. Uh, there was a bunch of creepy guys, and um, fantastically, a cook from the neighborhood. Wearing his white cook robe. You know how cooks, chef, uh, cook. Uh, it's, not, it's not diminishing to say cook. I don't know if he was a chef. I didn't see the word cordon bleu. I didn't see a Michelin star pinned to his forehead. Do they, do they make them wear Michelin stars like in World War II? Do they have to wear a little Michelin star in there? So he had a, a cook's genie on and, and uh, clogs. You know how they wear clogs, which are, ooh. But I understand you're in a kitchen. And, uh, and he had the white tunic on, and it was double buttoned. double And he was just fucking huffing, right? Just. And then he went to his friends. All right, fuck it, I gotta go to work. I'll see you guys later. And I thought, awesome. I hope you're the sous chef. Because then he'd be going like this for the next two and a half hours. Can you imagine getting that high and then holding the sharpest knife in the world in your hand and having to curl carrots or whatever bullshit people get up to here? Fennel, dear fennel, fucking cool it. I don't need you every meal and I don't need you. You know when you're good? Seldom, that's when you're fucking good. Sporadically is when I need you, fennel. Take a seat, fennel, take five. Take fomph, okay? Take fucking fomph. Way too much, fun. So we pull in in Fez to the hotel, and the guy comes out, and he's wearing a hat and, and little slippers, like little pink slippers with the toes curled up and shit. And he's got a, a, a lantern in his hand, and Purple Rain is still playing. The last echoing notes are reverberating off into the Medina. And we open the doors to the car and I start to give the cab driver a tip. And the fucking guy from the hotel reaches in and goes, no. And takes it and gives it back to me and goes, get the fuck out of here to the cab driver, right? <laughs> That's too much. Fucking Americans. You give a dollar to anyone. And uh, <laughs> that was hilarious. So I, uh, when stories aren't funny, Afterward, I'll punctuate them and characterize them uh, funnier than they are so that the people listening can catalog them as they do uh, on memory sticks. Like the recent story that I told, the one you just remember that it concluded with the not-that-funny ending about the tip being taken away, when I said that was hilarious, that was to boost people's enjoyment of it. <laughs> Notice I can't put my drink down even when I'm choking to death. To my death, I follow the drink to the ground. (laughs) I'm dying. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If I've told this story before, uh, for fucking give me. Years ago, I was invited because of Jennifer. She finagled it. Uh, Finagled is a Yiddish word. Jews are, uh, (laughs) we control the world with our horns and our tails. And, I did this uh, benefit for Peter Cook uh, and I can't remember the name of the charity and Terry Jones from Monty Python directed it. I swear to God and he touched me and uh, yeah I was really excited and he came up and went oh he really did oh hello I'm telling you like that and I was like oh my god uh, if I can remember the point of this story it really doesn't matter now I just wanted to say that I just wanted to fucking brag a little bit Uh, No, Jennifer uh, got me the gig and um, I did stand up on the show and uh, well there's no cab ride at the end of it every story seems to have a cab ride in it here tonight and I'm struggling after the Fez cab ride to remember an actual funnier cab ride story but I don't think that might not happen or I might think it doesn't happen if it don't happen it might not happen but I think it might not but I'm going to try like heck to make it happen again uh, whether it does or not here's something else These glasses, when you put them on, I was given them several weeks ago, make every light in the room look like a heart. Right now, above you and all around the room, in every red light, I see a heart, sometimes three or four hearts, everywhere. If you think I'm bullshitting, I'm going to hand these glasses out. And I hope that everyone in the room tries them on by the end of the show. I don't care if you laugh at my show anymore. I don't care if it rains or freezes. I don't care if Christmas fucking comes. I just want everyone in this room to feel like we're in a coffee shop for a minute. Starting with you. Have a look. Am I right or am I right?
1: Yeah, you're right.
0: (laughs) Fucking hearts everywhere. That's because I believe it was um, Air Supply, was it? Who said love is in the air. I took a plane ride with Air Supply once uh, from the uh, Halifax, I was in Chicago. I met them at the airport there. One of them was quite drunk at the airport. We got on a small plane to go to Halifax and all I could think of was um, one, they must be sad because they're all out of love. And two, (laughs) right? Two, if the plane crashes, the headline's gonna say, Air Supply and Others Perish in Crash. And I'm not even going to get fucking listed. (laughs) On my way to Halifax, Nova Scotia, I'm not going to get listed. Other other people who perished in the crash from Greg Proops. I'm 15th down on the list. Fucking air supplies first. Did they do this one? Babe, I'm leaving you. That wasn't them. Who was that? Oh, that was Sticks. Babe, I love you. I met one of Sticks. What? There's two of them. There's Dennis and the other one. And he was really nice. Um, my friend Jeff Davis, who you'll remember from many stories on the show, uh, met the other one, Dennis, at an actual Styx concert. And we've been singing this for years on the road. Um, there's a song by Styx called Lady. And of course, uh, when I'm on the road with uh, my festive improv group, we have much time to dwell on things. And uh, we're on the bus together. And a lot of times we'll do Styx medleys. And one of them includes this one. there) When you're cold, you're congealing I pour you Whoa, whoa, over the rice <laughs> So, he was forced to sing that to a member of Styx <laughs> Yes, he was and, and after he sang it to him the guy from Styx went I have to sing that song every night on stage <laughs> Great! Uh-huh. So we're in the coffee shop today. And we're getting high, right? I bought a pre-rolled joint. Uh, Saskatoon, you know, big foot, uh, left hand, lavender, licorice tab. And I huffed bum. And there's a cat sitting in the uh, joint. I'm uh, not an actual cat. We're in Holland, a man. And uh, uh, he's an older black man with white hair that he's dyed white like platinum white and he's got this insane outfit so many people here in Amsterdam seem to go to a store called 1980 it's forever (laughs) and members only jackets leopard pants high top tennis shoes faded wash jeans it is the fucking full gamut here if Fassbender were to come back from the grave and have a casting call he could come to Amsterdam and everyone would already be in period garb the, the film I'm thinking of making is Jailbait 2. And uh, I thought to a sequel, I don't know why he's Scandinavian all of a sudden, he would have been German. So this dude, uh, I think, spent all day there. I don't know. He seemed to have a proprietal air about him, you know what I mean? When you walk into a, 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 a gaff and a cat's in the corner and he's holding shit down, right? Like he was at a foretop and ain't no one else was at the foretop. And this was, as I say, much close and crowded uh, space, convivial beyond measure. You didn't want to rub elbows with everyone because some people's elbows had recently had baseball caps near them. And there's a sign out in front, no baseball caps. So... Uh, we goes in and as I say the guy lets me smell the marijuana which I oh oh uh, exquisite uh, c'est très bon les encore encore du marijuana you know <laughs> the night they invented cocaine and since the world began a woman or a man has never felt as happy as we have right absolutely magic and uh, we sits down and I'm having a bone and, about, and uh, puff 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 we're watching the cat, and the cat fucking rolled. I watched him. Uh, you know, uh, as only a, a pothead, a real pothead, and the potheads know what I'm talking about. The rest of you can stare at me vaguely like you have all night. My... <laughs> A pothead will construct a joint. It'll take several minutes. And he, he, he cut the hash up. He cut the tobacco up. He put the weed in it. It was very, you know, very specific. And then you roll it. You spread it out. And then he put a giant filter in it. And he fucking rolled this fucker. And I mean, when he put it up to his mouth, it was the size of fucking Usain Bolt's member. Right? This shit ran the fucking hundred in like eight, nine. That's how fucking fat this fucking fatty was. So Brohaim lights it up, right? And a bunch of French people stagger into the place. I mean, mostly French people don't stagger. French people sachet and French people salet and French people soiree and French people chante. Chante, 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 (laughs) chante. So, you know, usually French people sang froid, They're cool. Um, I mean, they can be douchey. They invented the word douchey. (laughs) But these people actually burst into the place wearing kind of raincoats. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you wear, Greg, when it rains? A little Burberry. A little shorty Burberry. I have a little umbrella, you know, little crups, little Nazi umbrella. I'm out in you know. A blue sport coat, button-down shirt, you know, like a grown-up fucking man (laughs) if you see me wearing shorts and a plastic poncho over a fucking t-shirt carrying a knapsack I want you to put the same gun that Javier Bardem in the movie No Country for Old Men used (laughs) to kill me with the kind of gun that cows are taken down with when they have Jakob fucking Kreutzfeldt disease (laughs) put it up to my temple, without me looking, go like this, over there! A nocturnal thing! And I'll go like this, in my stoned haze, and then just and I'll just fall over quietly. And then you'll go, I can't believe there's red laces in his tennis shoes. Those would be the last words you say over my prone, uncool, white guy, paunchy, fucking gray pubic hair body. So I'm wearing my sport coat. And uh, we're in the bar. I'm wearing my Burberry. I'm I'm smoking my hoondog. The dude with white hair, who I presumed was named Felix. It was just a notion that I had. I don't think his name was Felix. Which means I believe in Latin, uh, hey, good on you. And Felicity, right? Good luck. And uh, uh, these French people waddle in, in the raincoats. And they're wet. And they have wet hair and they have waffles on paper plates from across the street because directly across the street from Dum, is a waffle shop and an ice cream shop perfectly placed next to a coffee shop so that literally two steps and you don't even have to have any sense of direction you could be so high that you just go uh, 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 and then you're there that's it you're there that's how close it is you could be that big of a fucking loser uh, the waffle shop The smell of waffles is just incandescent. I mean, for Dutch people and for Belgian people, the smell of waffles is like the smell of uh, durian fruit to someone from Cambodia. It's uh, like the smell of uh, 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 of, uh, gunpowder to someone from Texas. It's like, you know what I mean? It's like the smell of maple syrup to someone from uh, Alberta. It's just, like, intoxicating, right? It's it's an aphrodisiac. Uh, You know, like... uh, um, you know, to British people, the smell of uh, warm, warm beer and, 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 and not having any feelings. <laughs> you know when you shag someone and you're like, I'm, no, I'm not going to call you, I'm not even going to fucking text you, and they're like, I don't know your name, and then that's it. <laughs> that kind of smell. So, uh, I finish my hoondog. The fucking people walk in with their waffles, right? These French people. And the black dude who I don't think worked there, by the way. I didn't get an official... He wasn't wearing a badge or nothing. I mean, not that Dutch people wear badges. The guy behind the counter was completely unaffiliated. Um, He was simply wearing a horrible T-shirt that no middle-aged man should wear, unless they want their male boob sweat to be a feature (laughs) and alert the world that they no longer are sexually available. In any case... He leapt up from his seat, which surprised me because I had felt a languorous decline in his uh, ability uh, to resonate with the oscillating cosine that is the everlasting pi that stipulates the universe's fucking mathematical possibilities. <laughs> this fucking dude jumped up like an impala being chased by a cheetah across the veldt and went like this to the French people. He didn't even—I don't even know if he said anything. He just went like this. <laughs> He fucking Mick Jagger school them. Right? You make go man right? And I heard the French guy say, and I wish I was making this up because I wish I was this clever. Je ne mange pas. And he fucked off trailing two other wet French people. un Francais Dump. So, I love this dude because, like, you're like an unofficial fucking bouncer in here? Or is it that waffles are not allowed into the unbelievable, overpowering fucking dope funk that is the Tweety Dom because somehow they will queer the ambiance. (laughs) What you don't want is the subtle balance of half-tobacco joints, no cigarettes, marijuana, and male sweat from cooks being thrown off kilter by the smell of a delicious, fresh-cooked waffle held by a French person wearing a wet raincoat. That would certainly tilt the universe in an area where Copernicus couldn't fucking calculate it anymore and Tycho Bray would have to take off his brass nose and set it aside and dab his brow in consternation at the unbelievable filamentation of that fucking documentation of that unbelievable calculation that he was about to make. <laughs> Kepler states a body in motion will remain in motion. Well, I saw Kepler's first law enacted in its most unbelievable explicit terms this afternoon. When the dude with the white hair got up and went like this, the fucking French guy had come in with a waffle and fucking turned and left with a waffle. (laughs) He did not stop at any point, nor was there any hindrance to his waffle. So what I would like to add at this juncture is the proof's correlation to Kepler's first law of motion, which is, that a waffle in motion will make you fucking starving if you've just smoked a fatty. (laughs) Did we get waffles? No, but later there was issues. We're going to start the show, and when we do, I have no idea what time we started tonight, but it really doesn't matter. I believe it was Freddie Mercury who said, nothing really matters. (laughs) Anyone can see... Nothing. Or it was Freddie. Nothing really mattered to me. I believe I've mentioned this, but I'm going to mention it again. I saw Queen in 1978, and they opened and closed with "We Will Rock You," and it was fucking good. Daddy was low, just watching the show. Uh. We're going to be playing everywhere. I have no idea when this show comes out. Uh, Let's guess. September 26th, we'll be in Baltimore, Maryland at the Baltimore Book Festival. September 27th, we'll be in Washington, D.C. in the District of Columbia uh, doing the podcast and a book event there at the Improv. On the 30th of of September, we'll be in the Second City, Toronto in the John Candy Theater. And then we'll be doing a couple book events there as well if you want to buy the book. It's called The Smartest Book in the World. I know you guys already know, but I haven't mentioned it during the body of the show. (laughs) a beautiful maze of sunflowers <laughs> it's quite damp the rain has fallen. there's wood chips everywhere yes it's like a giant hamster run oh look there's a sign did Van Gogh have a sense of humor it's not Van Gogh it's the crazy groove is in the heart <laughs> if you wish to follow us in the improv group from whose line is it anyway i am in a group with jeff davis joel murray ryan styles and bob Durkach. we will be at the uh, in alberta on the 17th of uh, september then we'll be in Canadian, Ontario the 1st, 2nd, 3rd and 4th of October and then in Wisconsin and then in Illinois. So uh, go to gregproops.com and you can catch all that shit there. Kittens McTavish sweatshirts are available and uh, of course Live at Moose and Franks is always available and I have a new album coming out called In the Ballpark. I have no idea when it's coming out. We've already finished the artwork. I thought they were pressing the album. There's also going to be a limited edition in vinyl because there's two things I know about marketing. One is... I want to sell over 14 copies of this. And I know that the way to sell it is to put it out on orange vinyl because I know up to 14 people are going to buy this, which is a negative 45% profit to me. That's the kind of business I'm running here. So we're starting the show, and here we go. Um, Jennifer said last year when we were in Norway, or two years ago, whenever we were in Norway... Um, that the Norwegians possessed uh, several qualities. Obviously, they're uh, quite tall. Taller than uh, uh, Holland people. And secondly, uh, she said, and this is one of the best things Jennifer's ever said, aside from I do. (laughs) 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 Oh, tiny piano. Carry on diminished keyboard There'll be peace when you are done She said, Norwegians do leathery better than any other country in Europe (laughs) They really do They look like, oh, you got a a saddle bag A baseball mitt I'm trying to think of something commonly familiar to the people of Holland that's made of leather Um, Your Prime Minister's man bag (laughs) But uh, Dutch people can get a little leathery too but it's nice um, here is what I was going to say about what happens here in Holland um, there's so many beautiful people here and everyone's as I say uh, unbelievably uh, 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 genial and uh, open minded which is a fantastic thing the government <laughs> but the people yes but one thing Holland does better than anywhere else particularly in the center of the city is older skeezy dudes <laughs> I I saw a dude today wearing yellow pants and had white hair in a ponytail that I wouldn't have touched with a fucking pole no matter how many meters long it was. You know what I'm saying? And then subsequent to him, 30 seconds later, a guy walks by in a complete jeans outfit. jean coat, thank you. Thank you for laughing. Am I the only one who feels this way? You have jeans, a jeans coat, a jeans shirt, a fucking white ponytail. His face looked like it had been through the Van Allen radiation belt. And he had re-entered the Earth's atmosphere after being launched from the fucking shuttle. I mean, this dude looked like fucking, wow, dude. And they were both within a few meters of each other. And I was like, really? At what point did you feel empowered to show up like this in public? At what point did you think, yeah, still fucking swinging some shaft, baby? Catch a dick, you'll be sitting on top of the world. Top of the world! So, we went to a tapas bar last night. You may have noticed that my friend Nick Jones is uh, videotaping tonight. Many of you saw him before. Um, Nick and I go back for a long time. Uh, We were in a a diamond uh, uh, heist gang together in the 70s I used to dress as a priest and he wore a a Mr. Blobby outfit we just fucking oh yeah it was on like donkey fucking Kong we're uh, why are you shooting tonight Greg? we're shooting a special for Granada Television Um, uh, Tom Jones and uh, um, uh, Shirley Bassey have shot them recently Uh, it's called uh, Great Stars from the 60s and uh, I'm uh, this is the next in the series we're shooting it here tonight Uh, This is a live concert. Uh, We're going to CGI this crowd entirely out of the show. And it's going to look like we're at Nebworth. If I'd had my druthers... What are druthers? Fucking Google it later. If I'd had my druthers, I would have conducted this uh, podcast concert outside in the rain tonight. Because I believe you, as Dutch and English people would have sat patiently through the whole thing with your hoods up and little umbrellas. You wouldn't have laughed or liked it at any point, but you would have fucking sat through the whole thing. And that's what I love about you. Americans would have been like, fuck this shit after like three minutes, right? Three minutes. I like Greg, but not that fucking much. Let's go home and watch Breaking Bad. You know what I mean? Let's go home and watch The Wire. I've got all of them on fucking, you know. Velasquez. Velasquez? (laughs) (laughs) Valeria? (laughs) Valerie? What was it? Valeska, thank you. (laughs) Forgive my intense rudeness. Valeska, um... warden what is it Rocco I want to confess thank you Valeska forgive my infathomable thank you still an eye shortage it's over there you don't have to crouch I can see you Paul Paul we met before Paul we met outside I, I can see you You know where I met Paul? It's interesting. On the road to Damascus. His name was Saul then, and he had an epiphany. No one has ever read the Bible in this fucking room? Am I the only one? Yeah, well, as I say, I love fiction. Uh, Older skeezy guys Are a specialty of Amsterdam Thank you (laughs) Also Where do people get those jeans? My wife and I went to a market uh, What's the name of that neighborhood? The Peep? How do you say it? Don't fuck with me (laughs) P-I-J-P Pipe. G O G H P I J P Pipe. Your unbelievable latitude with the alphabet. I I feel like I'm in a basket of plums. And I'm a snake at the bottom Just like, wow I don't know where to go (laughs) Everything smells so good Everything's so ripe. But that one's bruised And then, ooh, this one's ripe And then, ooh, this one's hard Ooh, bitter Green Pipe We went to the pipe yesterday And, uh Yeah, that's right Motherfucker (laughs) We went to the pipe And, um, we was rolling uh, Jens and I i never called her Jens in my life. <laughs> and I don't think I've ever called her anything but Jennifer. And, uh, well, a couple of other nicknames. Uh, um, illustrious, uh, well, uh, a long, it's, that's a long name. The, the, she who came down from the mountain that smoteth the dragon, <laughs> that provideth the warmth and the richness that mead, is made of the uh, circuitous route of honey into the... In any case, we were in the pipe yesterday and uh, we were at the street market. And of course, people in Holland, as they do, there's only two things important to English people and Dutch people. Well, I'm making a generalization. Let me make that more specific. There's only two things important to English people. Um, uh, Self-loathing and the ability to drink outside. And what's important to Dutch people is... Uh, of the ability to drink outside and eat chips outside. So uh, we're walking around, peep, and people pipe, pipe, pipe. and people were eating chips and uh, that fried shit that you guys fucking love, and uh, and I love it too, uh, but I saw you eating it, and um, and and there was a, uh, I bought. This will give you an idea of the kind of high class shit you can buy in the pipe on the street market. I bought a Pablo Escobar lighter. <laughs> and fake wooden shoes made of foam that were pink that said, land of tulips. Yeah, I did. Last time I was here, I bought a Scarface lighter and a refrigerator magnet with two Delft uh, wooden shoes on it made of glass, which broke immediately I got it home. The The glue came off and one of them broke. So we keep one of them on the counter for no reason unaccountably we keep one on the counter Uh, there were entire booths devoted to leopard uh, uh, leggings jeggings uh, uh, and then silver reflective jeggings as if a sci-fi movie was going to break out at any moment in Amsterdam and we were all going to be required to wear a thing in our ear have pointed uh, uh, earlobes and walk around wearing silver jeggings and I, I, I was this close to buying them. I really was. I, I didn't get them. And I, I, rec- I might go to the pipe tomorrow. There's also an Australian restaurant. And this is no... They're not sponsoring the show. But if you should be in the neighborhood, you should go. They're called uh, Little Collins. And they, they beat the shit out of brunch. I had what we would call in America Eggs Benedict. They're Australian. They called it Holland Eyes. <laughs> It takes about a year to get your food, but it doesn't matter because everyone's peppy. And you can sit outside. And while we sat outside, it was boiling hot. I took my coat off. Then it poured rain. Then we went under an overhang. Then we fucked off inside and sat at the counter. Then we went back outside again and cried and smoked pot. This is Amsterdam. So uh, it was fantastic, and you should go there. Uh, But the pants that people wear here, I mean, we didn't go to a concert this year. Last year, we accidentally went to a Rihanna concert. And I've never seen more horrible footwear at a concert than any concert in my life. Uh, we went to the Sunflower. I told you about that. Coffee shop. Oh, it's easy to pick a coffee shop here. Americans come over and they're dazzled. Especially if they come from the Midwest or the South. Uh, because they're not used to any personal freedom. They're used to the Bible being shoved up their ass every time they walk out the door and police shooting them. So they get here and all of a sudden marijuana is served and whatnot. And they lose their shit. Um, but you have to be careful when you go into a coffee shop here. Look for a coffee shop that women are in. If it's all guys and a lot of them have fucked up douchebag beards, then don't go in, because um, the level of bad. We were. We went past one uh, near the. Well, I can't remember what. The, how do you say it? S P U I. Don't know. <laughs> Where do I begin <laughs> to tell the story of how great a love can be s p u i is pronounced sp- i Spow. how Spow. Spow. Spow.
1: Spow.
0: I'm not going to uh, contest you on this i'm I got your back on this Spow.
1: <laughs>
0: anyways, we were there and uh, uh, there was a, a coffee shop called coffee shop The Doors, and it had the logo of The Doors Group, the group The Doors, you know, Right? Jim Morrison. The poetry, you know what I'm talking about. Jim Morrison always sounds like a buffalo trying to clear his throat at some point, right? Night of my the rain, night the day. High moon, high the by. Hang on, boo. Hip, hip, hip. Really? Is this rock or are we driving a wagon train across the Continental Divide? Hip, hip. You can imagine the clientele at coffee shop the doors we walked by and Jennifer went no <laughs> and we went to a place called Siberia or as they say in uh, Hollandland uh, Sibari. and there was delightful girl behind the counter Trey Uh now there's no time for the show now what what happened what happened to my show I had a show Please be there, show. Oh, Dutch. Nope, that's not it. This might be the shortest show on record. No, it won't be, because there'll be more. Um, has anyone ever had a phone in Holland? Um, no. Thank you. Thank you for answering that. Here's the next question. We passed these uh, women wearing purple and uh, red in the peep, And uh, there'd been a poet uh, And uh, she'd written a a piece about I want to, when I reach a certain age uh, Wear inappropriate purple and red And um, uh, they were sitting there And they were all wearing purple and red I tweeted it yesterday And I sat down with them And uh, it's a group of women all over the world I I can't get my phone to work now So I have uh, no way to Oh, flag? What does flag mean? When your phone tells you to flag something For whom am I flagging it? Am I flagging it for myself? And is that for later? Is that what you fucking 20-somethings do? You flag shit? And then later go, I needed to know that. Really? Because that's fucking sad. But Greg, you can't even operate your phone and find your own show that you brought tonight. Fuck you. You know what? Get your own fucking podcast, you little fucking bitches. Come to my fucking show, Scrabbling for Entertainment. Like you're looking for a fucking... It won't work. Anyway, they were lovely, and we saw them there, and they were so fucking cool and cute. And I said, may I sit down with you and take a picture? And a passing person, not even the women that were sitting there wearing purple and red, a passing person went, you should charge him for this. (laughs) And I was like, well, who fucking voted you, Colonel Parker? And all of a sudden, you're managing the goddamn situation, and we're making blue Hawaii, and Elvis wants more money. Uh, And she went, you should give them each a euro. And I turned to them and I went, I can't give you each a Euro, but I'm going to put in a good word for you. I want you to know that. They all let me take a picture with them and they were absolutely fucking charming. Um, I am having the weirdest dream right now. And um, Podcasting to me is more like mushrooms because It's a heightened sense of consciousness And it's a feeling of a a connection to a bunch of other things that you can't describe at the outset of your intellect But you know are there, hiding in the background Like we all know, for instance, that we've all had uh, an experience where something happened that was extraordinary And what do I mean by extraordinary? That you saw a ghost or that you felt an ephemeral presence or that a dead person spoke to you, or that you had a dream that was so uncanny that it felt like reality and when you woke up you couldn't shake it for weeks at a time because the memory kept persisting in your mind. These are not impulses that you should deny, but rather impulses that you should embrace because Greg's question uh, um, is absolutely pertinent to what we're talking about here. I think that our world and the other world meet somewhere, but that we're not always able to decide where that is. And that it comes and goes and is elusive and frustrating because you can't make it happen. And the people who say they can make it happen, empaths, psychics, people who bend keys, people who perform tricks and shit are bullshitting you and you fucking know it but you like it anyway because you like to know that there's a door that's open to the other world but you all know that your dead grandmother fucking appeared to you one night in a dream or you all know that you were in a room and the room went ice fucking cold and you felt something that you've never felt in your life and your spine went fucking liquid now if this hasn't happened to you it's cool as well but I know that a lot of people in this room know exactly what I'm talking about because no one has in so much as even cleared their fucking throat in the last 30 seconds. And to me, that means that everyone knows exactly what I'm fucking talking about. Um, So it's not so much a matter of drugs inducing comedy or comedy inducing drugs, which by the way are mutually inclusive. It's a a matter of uh, uh, that we all can reach out and that we all know that uh, those who leave us that are important to us still communicate with us and that sometimes when people leave, they don't leave immediately. And that we communicate them with, with them for a while and then they fuck off and then we keep them in our heart and our mind forever. And that um, it, life's not so easily explained. I, I'm all for science and I'm all for global warming. Uh, I don't mean I'm for global warming, but I mean I'm for the idea that it exists. I, I don't deny global warming. But I'm all for the idea that... Um, There's a a magic in the world that's uh, uh, something that we can't catch or categorize. And that Amsterdam is a beautiful place to understand that. When I was sitting outside with Jennifer tonight having a coffee and the trees were uh, being rained on and there was a, a, a foggy ass sky and boats were going by full of drunk people and whatnot. I couldn't help but think that everything was okay for two seconds in my life. And that we all uh, in the first world have the advantage of, of, that, of feeling that, that there's lots of people in the world who suffer from terrible consequences. And that uh, recently uh, I've noticed that the Pope and uh, an Egyptian millionaire, lots of people uh, with the refugees that are coming out of the Middle East have started to threaten to do something. Um, My question is, um, why don't the governments of all the first world countries immediately open up giant refugee centers so that the people for the war that we fucking created out of our greed for oil, blood, money and lust... Um, why isn't that a reality? Why do we have to have the Pope come up and talk about what if all the archdioceses opened up their doors? Or why do we have to have a millionaire from Egypt come up and say, I'm going to buy an island and call it Hope and put the refugees there? Why can't the people who run the corporations and governments of the world be the ones who take the fucking helm on this? They're so willing to sell arms and they're so ...willing to make wars... ...but why is it that it required... ...a terrible, terrible tragedy... Of, uh, uh, ...which is just one of a thousand million tragedies... ...that's happened... ...of seeing that poor toddler washed up on the shore... ...to become the media event... ...that becomes the crux... ...that becomes the fulcrum... ...that becomes the fucking salient point... ...that becomes the, the flash point... ...that becomes the tipping point... ...where we all go, oh, this is bad... ...it's been bad for fucking five years... And it's not getting any gooder. And Dick Cheney and George W. Bush and Tony Blair and whoever else you want to fucking blame made this happen. And that, um, yeah, it's taken a fucking crazy turn. I realize that. <laughs> There's a very short, boring, preachy part tonight and this is how it fucking goes. Um, I think it's uh, lovely that and and sentimental that the Pope and that rich people would offer to help the refugees. I think it's Absolutely fucking disgusting that the first world hasn't opened up giant fucking camps to feed and house everyone immediately. And I mean that from the bottom of my fucking heart. Um, but you think, oh, but that's not how the world works. No, it isn't. And that's the cynical, hideous part of the world. But the real part of the world is that it should fucking work that way. I don't understand why there's countries that go, oh, we don't want any immigrants. And why are we calling them immigrants? They're not. They're refugees from war that all of Europe fucking conspired to fight because we wanted fucking oil. I'm not going to take your question. Thank you for standing up. You've been the smartest guy in the world. I've been the smartest man in the world. Thank you for coming out. every page of the term,